Hello and welcome to episode 155 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? Pretty good man, pretty good. We're almost there. Almost there. Well, we've got one more week to kill and then we can finally have some fun. <laughs> Thank God man. Thank God for Fright Fest. <laughs> yeah, truly because we have been these last few weeks man. Like I've just spent the last few weeks looking at everyone online watching the movies that I want to see that aren't coming out in England yet. Yeah, that's been the worst part is that, you know, this has been um, one of the slowest periods that I can remember for a very long time. Um, I think the last one was like early 2018 when there was a couple of slow weeks and then it, but then we got like, I think it was when like A Quiet Place came out and then it was, we had a load of stuff after that that was really exciting. Um, Whereas, yeah, this, this August period has been so slow um, and and end of Mm. July. And, and yeah, the fact that there's so many movies that we are actually interested in, they're just not out over in this country right now, um, which just rubs it in even more. Um, But yeah, on that topic. But hey, we got that us blue, right? (laughs) Yeah, we finally got that. Um, (laughs) We'll get the Endgame one at some point in in the near future. Yeah, maybe. Um, <laughs> um, nice little early mention for there. Um, but yeah, this week we're going to be talking about a movie that I don't know if we've ever mentioned on the show before because I don't oh. think this time last week we were even aware of it, were we? Oh, it was on Mike's upcoming was it? list. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, <laughs> Are you sure was. about that? <laughs> 100%. I might have called it Rock, Paper, Dead, but right. it was That's it was fair. on my list. Yeah. I, 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 I remembered the um talking about you know tom holland michael madsen joint yeah yeah there was definitely some interest to this like once i became aware of it in the past week it was it was one i was like oh okay this sounds like something we should cover um yeah no it was definitely it was definitely on the list interesting um definitive list um also after we talk about this week's film we will finally talk about nosferatu finally we have been teasing it for a very long time Mm -hmm. um and if you're thinking to yourselves why do they keep mentioning nosferatu why are they going to talk about this hundred year old movie well all will be explained if you don't know anything about it um but first there is some news this week um there's uh, not too much here but like much like the film releases quiet news week um a couple of small little updates um the first one being we have a firm release date now but again i should shouldn't say firm should i because let's be honest (laughs) we have a release date yeah we have a release date for edgar wright's next film um which we've discussed previously um it's described as a psychological horror film um uh, called uh, last night in soho uh will be released in september 25th 2020 um so yeah another one to look Burn forward day. to yeah um quite a few now actually that we are looking forward to in 2020 it's slowly filling up which is always nice to see um and yeah we don't obviously don't know too much about this yet we know that edgar's directing we know that uh, anya taylor joy is the lead um and that's about all we know and that was enough to get us excited Count wasn't it <laughs> yeah for sure um because yeah huge edgar fan obviously he's done a lot of different genres um but i'm so happy that he's back in the genre that made him i think um so yeah exciting news one to look forward to for sure yeah um, he loves it as well yeah he, he really loves does him some horror. And, and like he is definitely a dude as well where um baby driver was hugely successful for him it was i think it was pr- like his highest grossing movie by a considerable way because he's never it? had yeah i think cause i don't think he's had big box office <clears throat> no Especially he's probably because... never gone like overseas has he yeah and that was a movie that yeah because obviously he had a lot of american actors you know like and sean of the dead are like mm english cult classics but even those how far did like a hot fuzz bleed into yeah. you know the, the global market definitely and, and like with it being yeah with, with it being um like we don't a, even get movies over here <laughs> no i was gonna say um 
But yeah, I think it was one of those ones similar to like an Us where it was one of those highest grossing like new IPs because it's so crazy when you mm. look at it and it's like which films that actually come out aren't a remake, a sequel or based upon a franchise, you know, mm. is really rare. Um, like you look at this year and it's like you could barely name three or four that have done, you know, really well. Um, it's normally these auteur directors like when a new mm. Tarantino movie comes out, it's obviously going to be like and obviously with Jordan earlier on this year. Um, but yeah, exciting stuff. Um this next news story is interesting in a few ways. Um, basically, we know that now the director of Happy Death Day um, and Happy Death Day to You, uh, Christopher Landon, um, will be making a new horror movie next. Um, it is going to be for Blumhouse. Um, it's very vague, the details on this year. No real release date or anything like that. Um, it says the the kind of quote that was on the news story um, is that plot details are vague, but sources say that it will focus on a killer who wreaks havoc in a small town um which sounds, very, sounds yeah, like a horror movie sounds like happy death day in a lot of ways um yeah i i kind of thought this was the most interesting because this pretty much confirms what we already know and that we won't be getting a third happy death day i don't think um no i don't think we will no obviously they like him they're happy with him as a director um he has mm. previous i didn't realize that he kind of like cut his teeth working on the paranormal activity franchise um oh, okay he wrote like i think two three and four and he i think he directed the last one as well nice. um, which i had no idea that was sort of where he came from um and so yeah obviously now he's done the happy day uh, happy death day stuff and yeah we kind of talked about it at the time that to you wasn't a flop uh, financially, but it definitely didn't do as well as Bloomhouse had hoped. No, um, you know what they've been making in some of these movies. You know, to you was did not achieve exactly. But it's it's clear that you know they like him still enough. So like, okay, mm-hmm. we still like you. We're, we're unfortunately not going to make another one of these movies. Yeah. But let's move on. We'll to throw another else. five million at you. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's cool, man. Like I'm mm-hmm. I'm interested either way. You know, I I would have reluctantly been down for a third happy death day shall we say um mm. but i'm 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 kind of like obviously we don't know anything about this yet but he's clearly a very talented a talented director um, yeah i like to just remember it as the one movie now <laughs> you know the second movie had its parts but it's interesting because obviously when we talked about it we were very disappointed and i think mm. rightly so and, and i stand by all, all of what we said in that episode but it's one of those things where now when i look at like 2019 as a whole but being in the middle of august I like I like that movie probably more than I thought we're, I would. We're in a bad place right now, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think now's the time to be judging the elite of movies. Yeah, uh, <laughs> no, we'll save that for a few weeks. Yeah, just wait a couple of weeks after Fright Fest, get it under your belt, and then let's see how you feel about Happy Death Day. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um, but yeah, moving on to this next story because this is again another one that I thought was quite interesting. In fact, um, a name that we haven't talked about for a very long time on the show, one Adam Wingard. Um, oh. Obviously, he's such an interesting guy to us. For people that don't really know, obviously, um, what would be his most notable stuff? Like your next, yeah, um, your next Blair Witch. Um, and so, <clears throat> obviously, we know that it's uh, Godzilla versus King Kong is like the one that he's doing. I think that's coming out next year. Um, but he's kind of an interesting dude. He was very active on Twitter for a very long time, and then due to the kind of hate that he got for his Death <laughs> Note um, reimagining, he deleted his Twitter yeah. um, a couple of years ago now, and he hasn't reactivated it or anything like that. I, he's just I gone. Liked it. I liked it. <laughs> Not, uh, did not you, his deactivation. I like yeah. Death Note. Yeah, I like Death Note as well. <laughs> and um, there was obviously that kind of... There was that like release on a Netflix conference call or something where they did say that they were doing a sequel to it, and that's the only thing we've heard about it. Yeah, um, and it's bizarre because he was, you know, fairly active for a while. Like, the guests kept yeah. him busy and then kind of... You know, but like with Death Note, he's just been quiet ever since, online and with his output. 
Well, once because obviously, yeah, he was doing like VHS and, and both those he was involved in. And then, yeah, like you say, when he did Your Next and The Guest and Blair Witch, he was pumping them out a lot. Um, but even when, before Death Note came out, we knew that um, Godzilla vs. Kong was like three, four years away because um, mm. we, we didn't even have uh, the second Godzilla, obviously, at that point. Um, and so, yeah, just basically to get to the actual news story is that he's being rumored to work on Amazon are doing a lot of different stuff right now. Um, obviously, I know what you did last summer is supposed to be them, um, mm. but they're apparently doing a TV uh, series of Event Horizon, um, the 1997 uh, film. And he is set like Adam is set to produce and potentially direct the series. Um, obviously, I've not seen the movie, um, so I don't have any sort of strong thoughts about a TV adaptation of that yeah. film. Yeah, um, I've... I've, I've definitely seen it, but <laughs> yeah, it's one of those ones hard to place, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Sam um, Neill, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, mm. um, but it's the reason why I put it in the news story because I remember saying at the time when we talked about um, Death Note how I thought it was so weird that Adam was a guy who made really had a huge amount of success with original stuff and then it seemed mm. like his career was becoming one of him dealing with other people's properties and obviously that was at the time talking about the negative reception that both Blair Witch and Death Note got because they both got very negative receptions even though we're on the other side of that for pretty much both those films mm-hmm. um, and of course now working in the Godzilla Kong thing which is going to be such a hard movie to pull off and if anything is wrong with that movie he's going to be the first person to take the blame because he'll be an easy target and then he's going to be working on this as well so that's four projects in a row where he's just working on other people's ips and i just don't again as a fan of adam i think this is a bad choice for him i think when he was making your next and the guest those were great great films and that was what was showing the best of him as a director and i just don't think he's one of these guys like a hired hand that just works on other people's ips i think he should be doing what we say all about all these other great guys like you know the the jordans of the world like they're creating new stuff Um, yeah he's he's a full picture type of guy you know i think um he's obviously a talented director but yeah when he was at his strongest it was when he was in control of everything he was writing the story and and everything else and and now yeah taking someone else's ip just doesn't interest me as much i don't think it 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 doesn't play to his strengths and um you know i just don't think he can get like the, the the best out of it as well and especially like when we've seen that the way he's handled criticism and everything else and i don't blame mm. the guy like yeah. he worked bloody hard on two projects that i liked and just got nothing but hate about it but the fact that he's responded online that way you just wonder how he's gonna take that on the chin going into more yeah um you know very you know i mean arguably his biggest project yeah um in godzilla and kong like how the hell do you get that right i just i just don't think it's the right choice yeah i completely agree and obviously i don't know him personally but on a professional level he's a person that we have personally followed for mm. years before the podcast yeah. Um, yeah he was a follow on twitter and i've i have had um back and forth with adam you know in the vhs days this was what it must be 10 years ago now yeah and um he for me he always came across as a really passionate dude but definitely one who was sensitive um and one that would take criticism per- uh, personally and so yeah you look at those like, had these two negative receptions to working on these uh, existing ips um and it's just it's going to be difficult for him to like i don't know what the best outcome of any of this stuff is no know? i don't like it's always like you're hardly ever going to get something like a haunt of the hill house where it's like it's based upon the existing ip but you spin it in such a new fresh way that everyone just loves it like i don't think that's possible with these 
it's not it's certainly not possible with Blair Witch or Death Note. Um Godzilla versus King Kong, I think people want a very specific type of movie. And if you don't deliver that, it's gonna be um, you know, not mm. a success. And I don't know. That's what I mean. I feel Event like he's Horizon. got such tight reins on him. Yeah. And I just I just want him to have a bit of freedom. Yeah, for sure. So that was why I, I kind of put this in there. But I definitely want to see more stuff from him, especially because we're not big fans of the whole. Like, I've even seen the latest Godzilla movie. I'll see it at some point. Um, but it's just not our cup or, of tea. Or Scott, I never watched Skull Island either. I yeah, I did. It was fine. That. Yeah, it was visually awesome. Um, but like, yeah, everything else, story wise, characters, not not for me. Mm. Um, but yeah, moving on to the next story. Um, We've got another Stephen King adaptation on the way. Um, of course we do. Yeah, I love it. I think this is. Uh, I think there's going to be certain people <laughs> that are going to, you know, roll their eyes at it. And well, but, um, I feel like we hated these haunting movies that were mm. a la The Conjuring and Insidious and Paranormal Activity, and I feel like we are finally at the tail end of that. Um, you know, we're at the point now with our podcast where we don't have to watch those mm. you know a couple of years ago we did because they they were the only things that were out at certain times but we we pick and choose them now yeah and i feel like it is the time of the king adaptations that is we always said like what is going to be the new thing and that it's literally what it is like anyone that can get hold of his ip is going to go make a movie ever right now because they're making cash yeah, or a TV show in this case, yeah. um, which I think is very exciting. As we've discussed, um, you know, I recently watched the, oh God, the title's so confusing. It's 112263 um, yeah. and loved it. And I think that is a great way for for some of these Stephen King novels to be adapted, especially the very dense ones, um, to, get, to give it a bit more time. And this one is a story called uh, Lysi Story or Lisi Story. I'm not sure how to right. pronounce it. Um, published in 2006. Um, it was one that... Um, in in an interview, Stephen King was asked, I'm not sure how recent this was, a few years ago, like, which which of your stories then would you most like to see get an adaptation? And this was his response. Right. Um, and he is now getting his wish with Apple, um, giving it a, a straight-to-order <laughs> run. Um, eight episodes it's going to be, and apparently Stephen King's going to be writing all of the episodes. Um, Crazy. Again, this is one of those stories for me, much like, as we've discussed previously with the James Wan stuff, where it's like, mm, King's going to be producing, maybe you'll get him to write an episode. I don't think he's going to spend that. I mean, who knows? Maybe Apple's just throwing silly money at him, but yeah, um, he doesn't need to write the episodes. It doesn't, no. it doesn't add any extra clout for me. No, um, I completely agree with you. It's an adaptation for a reason, isn't it? It's an adaptation yeah. of a story he's already wrote. Exactly. I just, I just don't know whether that's needed. And I think uh, what we've seen before, I think the more King is involved in his, in his adaptations, that's probably for the worse. Um, I like when it's like he writes great stories and then other people come up with great <laughs> versions of those stories on screen. Um, yeah, like Stanley so, Kubrick. Yeah, for sure. And I think I think there are certain <laughs> choices that he says sometimes where you're like, oof, like I think some of the stuff he said with it and stuff where it's like, oh, well, you know, I, I love the movie, but I would have done this. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I I'm think, glad you're not involved. Yeah, like I don't want to. I don't want to sound disrespectful to the guy no. because he is an icon, but I think, um, you know, he obviously gets so involved with these stories, but they are books at that point. Mm -hmm. Turning something into a film, you have to change things because just things don't transcend. Because, oh, yeah, completely. You know, having recently listened to the audiobook of um, Dr. Sleep, um, fantastic. Like, absolutely loved that book. Um, how that is going to be adapted is is like i i'm i don't know <laughs> i have 100 faith in flanagan yeah and but 
I want him to be in control of that because he is going to have to change things up to the way King wrote it to make it yeah. work for TV, you know, and look at, um, you know, we're going to be talking about Nosferatu at the end of the episode, obviously not King, but his son, mm. um, you know, that is a massive difference to the book and yeah. we'll, we'll get into that. But, you know, you, you had to do that because the book was so, um, you know, there were so many things that are just so difficult to transcend into a TV show. Yeah. So, you know, and, and because he's so passionate about his original project, he wants he, he wants to stay true to that. And I, I mm. understand that. But I just think you got to hand the reins to someone that can adapt it for, the you know, for the format that it's going to be released in. Yeah, I completely agree. Like he is an amazing author of incredible novels. And I think <clears throat> that the reason why we've seen so many incredible adaptations of his work is because of the people involved. And as you've discussed with uh, Dr. Sleep, like that is one of those ones I haven't personally read it for everything I've heard of everyone. It seems almost impossible and i feel mm. like they've, they've got the one guy on planet earth that could do it um and they're lucky that mike flanagan exists otherwise i don't think they should have ever touched that movie no that no like if i'd have read that book and they said any like whoever is directing it, i'd be like oof, good luck yeah. pal but like <laughs> the way having having kind of um listened to gerald's game after watching the movie i was like wow even after i listened even though i've seen the movie listening to the audiobook i was just like you can't turn this into a movie yeah. <laughs> and i had to go back and rewatch it i was like shit he did it so yeah, I, yeah. i'm sure he'll smash it yeah i can't wait um but yeah the last little uh, that's sort a of... movie i can't wait to see oh, it's my number one one right it really is um oh, I think yeah, so too. the last little tidbit is that uh julianne moore is attached to star in this tv show um someone i've not seen for a very long time obviously has dabbled within the genre in the past mm -hmm. um and is is very good so exciting news like it's, it's great to have another one to look forward to because we have quite a few of these now like little you know the involvement of uh, king and his son in creep show and the, the two big adaptations there's the, the netflix one coming as well mm -hmm. um i can't remember what is in the tall grass um yeah, yeah, there's, there's plenty like of plenty of stuff coming cannot wait mm. um and then yeah lastly just a, a last one to throw in there because i didn't want to comment on it too much much but a upcoming movie that i don't know if we talked about too much is a bloomhouse movie called the hunt um we might have discussed it on the show yeah. um because I, I think it was one where they did the whole thing where you know how they like surprise released the trailer attached to yeah. one of their movies ah uh, that might be um, they did it for what would have been the last bloomhouse one in the last month or so i, I can't know. remember what it was i th i don't know cruel isn't is it oh it i might... don't think it was cruel no because obviously yeah we didn't get it so that would explain why we didn't get the trailer oh, i think it i think it was something we saw oh, but we just right. didn't get this trailer maybe it was like mar or charles maybe it's, maybe, maybe, I it's think charles maybe mar Bay. i don't know yeah yeah but either way um it's a upcoming movie that was one of those fun ones where it was like a surprise release with a trailer and then it was going to come out um i can't remember when it was supposed to schedule to come out i can't find that now because the news story itself is that it's been cancelled the upcoming release due to the, of course the mm -hmm. ongoing unrest in america and yeah don't have too much to add this is very very sad on many different fronts um it's it's just one that I wanted to throw in there because obviously it, we would have been like, well, where has this yeah. movie gone if you didn't know? It's just disappeared. And it's it's really, that is my overwhelming thought on this is that I think it's sad that a movie company has to step in and do something like this. Um, this, of course, on the heels of the whole Walmart thing. They're not yeah, going to advertise violent video games it's anymore. It's such like, oh a my difficult God. thing to throw it's in on because, they've, you know, something has to change. But this yeah. is not the change that, in my opinion, is going to fix things. You know, I think, um, no. you know, this isn't Bloomhouse's fault. <laughs> no, exactly. And content creators and content, it is just 
you know that we can't get into it too much but i just think it's yeah you know it's dangerous because where are we going to get you know we've talked about censorship Mm -hmm. netflix recently and now distributors are not putting out their content that they were going to walmart Mm. aren't selling things that people you know want to buy from them for these things and uh, it's it's getting very it's getting very murky i don't like it yeah it's just sad to me it's sad for bloomhouse it's sad for all of the people that made this movie and Mm. just overwhelmingly sad for that country right now my 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 thoughts are with you um a lot of listeners that we have there and and Mm we're with you and it's just it's just a sad place that this is the the reality that these companies feel the need to do stuff like this mm-hmm. because no one else is gonna is gonna help the problem um no but yeah, yeah i hope the they put the one. right messaging out with it though as well that like mm. you know it's not it's not the movie and the influence on the movie it's just a point you know, the, yeah. the, I hope we're going like to have to start holding it. isn't it? They're just saying, yeah. like, look, we get it right now that it's yeah. not the time to release a movie involving yeah. what this movie is about. But I just think, like, that's the bit that I, I hope that things, you know, people start to listen and things start to change because it is, it is a really difficult time over there right now. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, yeah, should we talk about this week's film? Let's do it. Let's talk about Rock, Paper, Scissors. Oh dear, where do we start with this one? Well, <laughs> so I didn't realize that this guy is classed as a doll maker. Uh, yeah, really. it's, that's because one of the threads that just isn't it's, really... It's almost there. a selling point in the IMDb description. Yeah. So how much can I talk about Puppet Master when we talk about this movie? Go for it, because we need to fill yes. time somehow. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm four times more pumped to talk about this movie now. <laughs> um, so yeah, this movie, uh, <laughs> Peter the Dollmaker Harris, uh, mm. returns to his family home. I could home. not tell you anyone's name in this film. <laughs> I'm not directly reading this off IMDb. <laughs> um, but yeah, basically we get introduced to Peter the Dollmaker Harris, <laughs> uh, which is a shit wrestling name. Yeah, um, it really is. Yeah. Um, and he basically, we see him in the opening scene, got this girl kidnapped um, and is kind of torturing her. He's wearing a doll's mask. She has a, he's made some sort of weird voodoo doll of her. Mm, like a um, photograph of her face on it. Yeah. And like, to, to be honest, I'm sounding like, you know, annoyed at, th- at this point when the movie opened, I was like, okay, you know, this, yeah. is, this is interesting. Like what's going on here? Um, Michael Manson turns up um mm-hmm. trying to save the day as only michael madsen could do 20 years ago yeah um, and, um... <laughs> when he could actually form a sentence without <laughs> sounding like he's gonna cough up a lung <laughs> and um god bless yeah, him michael michael madsen kind of apprehends uh peter harris at the opening scene this really isn't a spoiler it really is the first 30 seconds or so yeah they um, rush through this opening like they've got some place to be yeah, like it's very and, quick and that's what i found confusing because the whole him wearing the doll's mask and the torture and the doll and the voodoo side of it, all of this is just thrown in in the space of like 
90 seconds and i'm and pretty then sure suddenly, he plays like rock paper scissors with her as well yeah, like, is yeah, that gonna be does. important yeah like okay that's a thing and then um and cheats by the way he cheats and he keeps and, shouting um, a random name as well like there's so much stuff that happens yeah in the first few minutes. it's so confusing and then basically he gets apprehended and the opening kind of credit scene is him going through trial and basically getting made um the insanity plea because he has an imaginary brother yeah called something maybe aaron, aaron? yeah, yeah. Oh, we both landed on aaron it's, it must be aaron he says um, it so many times in the yeah. film <laughs> and um we kind of pick up after opening credits um peter has been released from the mental institution and has been deemed rehabilitated and allowed to go back into public um which is already like it's unclear how many women he tortured and killed but we're talking yeah. lots and there seems uh, like this did the title card just say years later i think uh, yeah it did yeah. <laughs> i yeah, think so, so yeah clearly not years later about six months mm. by the looks of it um but i guess um i think they're talking that it's been like 10 years maybe and um he's gone back to the family home and kind of michael madsen is now obsessed with kind of is he a cop or isn't he a cop? He seems retired, but then at some point the police still call him in to look at crime scenes because he's cool. He's um, yeah, he's supposed to be retired, but I think he's obsessed with this one case because he's there yeah, when he gets like uh, he gets essentially recruited. yeah, like he th he thinks that he's getting off away with the murders by playing insanity. Yeah. So he's like, the second you go out, I'll be waiting there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's modelled like a lot mm. of this movie is. Um, and basically from this point on, um. Peter is trying to kind of live a normal life. Michael Madsen is watching him, waiting for him to make a mistake. And he then, we have this new element of a next door neighbor that moves in that um, wants to write a book about him and kind of is trying to question him about the murders and dig up the past. And all he wants, to, all Peter wants to do is move on and kind of not think about it. And the more he gets kind of, told to ask about the murders the more he kind of starts to regress and starts to have conversations with himself and doubt that kind of um aaron's not real and everything else there yeah um and i guess that's like you know that's the setup almost a plot mm. it, it feels like you've already put more work into the story than the actual writers did um oh, cheers pal because on Anytime. like honestly probably the worst screenplay of 2019 that we've seen so far like it's so many plot holes so many incoherent scenes that just kind of end and go into the next and don't really ever get explained away um even in this opening bit that you've already described just like visually small little things like when he leaves the um mental institution he just walks away and then he like walks into his house. So I'm assuming this mental institution is within is like a five minute walk away from his childhood home, which is really convenient. Oh, I've um, got a list of random questions for you to bring up at some point good. Uh, as to things that happened in this movie that I want <laughs> clarification on. Well, because there's uh, stuff like that, that from the get go, you're just like, I don't understand what I'm seeing here. Like it's, it's got a very silly tone, which works yeah. well to begin with, because it kind of like can paper over a lot of the cracks at times where I think it's there. It is tongue in cheek. I think, I hope so anyway. Um, I don't know if it is, man. Well, that was kind of what I got from the initial scenes because it's just like, even when they arrest him, they, again, we're, we're talking about the first like five minutes of the movie, but like mm -hmm. um, we see him kill a girl. And then within like five seconds, the police just trundle in 
like yeah. not like not a care in the world not russian they could have just saved this girl's life and then like he's got weapons michael, michael manson can't move that quick these days man <laughs> That's true. Um, but yeah, because yeah, they have to wait for him to be the one that storms through. Yeah. But like, no one's, they're not really pointing guns at him. He, at the point, he, at one point, he gets punched by Michael Madsen, who they just let him punch him. And then he's like on the floor holding his broken mask, at which point he could get a gun. There's so much crap on the floor. There could be guns or knives <laughs> or anything. And no one's trying to arrest him. They're just like, he's on the floor. He's just murdered a woman. Like, that's fine. Just, it's small they things like it. that when you're, when you're watching it, where you're like, Oh, okay, they're not trying to realistically portray this in the slightest. Either that I, or they um, just forgot to. Like, I guess just briefly, you know, because this movie is an absolute shit show. It's <laughs> It really is one of the worst films I've had to watch for a long while. Like, we're in a bad place right now. We've been in a bad <laughs> run. But this movie was unbearable for me. And the thing, <laughs> the thing that I find so surprising mm. is that... Tom Holland directed this. Yeah. Now, like, that guy has some horror pedigree. You know, he is a name that, you know, don't get me wrong, like, you know, he's had misfires and everything else, but this guy kind of, you know, he he directed the first Child's Play movie, for God's sake. Mm -hmm. Like, he has got some decent credits, and he can make a movie. I genuinely don't think the person that made this movie can make a movie. Like, uh, I don't know what happened, whether... Uh, whether because the edit is the worst edit of a film i've ever seen in my life there are yeah. honestly scenes that <laughs> i hope you picked people, up the set or different continuity errors to me because people, i have two people are talking there was a scene in particular where they were um <laughs> the um fucking guy then whatever his name is uh peter mm-hmm. yeah peter and the next door neighbor uh, outside like uh, building a bird's table. <laughs> yeah, that was one of them. <laughs> they're literally... He, like, disab- he, like um, vanishes and appears yeah. in different places yeah. multiple yeah. times. He, he just s- spontaneously appears in different parts. Uh, but also the audio, halfway through a sentence, <laughs> the scene just cuts, and then he's moved, and, and they're sat on a bench, and then, it, then like, the, the they haven't even finished their sentence. It that's, cuts again, and they've moved somewhere else. And That what scene they're talking, in particular was chopped to fuck, wasn't what, it? It made no sense. What they're talking about is, like, quite important stuff, and they jump. And I was like, shit, what? Like, uh, honestly, I have no idea who half the characters in uh, is throughout this movie. Like, that scene... <laughs> like we've seen a lot of low budget stuff Mm. we've seen stuff that like has been made with no money that one guy has written shot edited look at life changer man Mm. like and and we've got you know i don't even want to put it in a category with a great film like that even some of the bad films we've seen Mm. like i've never seen edits like this like not only are the edits sloppy like in that scene we've described the movie just does not make sense because of it like i can't even judge like i don't think there was ever a good movie there but the edit has made it impossible to even judge at this point like i honestly think that some guy just got a load of film reels and then was just like well i'm just gonna chop around and, and when i get to 120 to 130 minutes will shit it out well it's because um, this movie was shot a couple of years ago and so it definitely mm. has that feeling of someone just bought the raw footage like a dv tape mm. with all the footage on it and then it feels like it was made by a computer like it yeah. doesn't feel like a person did it because it's like it 
it vaguely, if you squint at it from a distance, looks like a film, you know, like scenes end, there's transitions, there's music, but it's like when you're actually just sitting there watching it, paying attention to it, you notice so many little small errors that I don't know how anyone with any sort of trained eye could have missed. Um, yeah, that it's... one being the main one, the birdhouse one, but there was another scene when they're talking at a doorway, um, when Michael knocks on the door uh, yeah. of Peter and this when the girl's there as well. And this conversation, man, the back and forth, the, there's like, you know, the two normal camera shots over the shoulder yeah well, at one point he bursts into the room the next minute she like leaves and they're just yeah. it's so it just like the, the dialogue doesn't the dialogue doesn't work at all because there's multiple bits where it, you know they use the whole like they just play the dialogue over a different cut mm-hmm. so like michael's mouth is moving completely different to what he's saying um my favorite part was at one point he moves his sunglasses up to uh, like above his forehead like oh, he does that in the movie as well yeah, yeah which must be like a little michael madsen thing but the problem is he doesn't do that in every take and then they use different takes so you watch his sunglasses they go down then up then down then up without him <laughs> actually using his hands and it's like oh my god like it's the small things like that and i'm glad you brought it up because yeah. that was the overwhelming <clears throat> thing for me is just this is so it poorly just, made we it can feel into... so amateurish like yeah. we we will get into the actual movie because you don't even like... really need to though like the main the main thing is like i i'm blown away by how poorly made this is and obviously we need to talk about the director because he is a living horror legend yeah and, like and what surprises me actually looking at his filmography i thought he was more prolific than he was um yeah i'm not taking away his uh, career because it's amazing but he made five movies in between 1985 and 1996 which he directed um mm. and then this is the first movie he's directed since then so it's an over 20 year gap um the man's 76 at this point and again we're, we're not putting the blame on him because obviously he has to take some of the blame because he's the director but there are other problems here at work and we don't know how how involved he was in the edit and like you say all of that other stuff but it just blows my mind that someone who has made like genuine mm. horror classics you don't forget, yeah exactly you don't forget those tools i don't think it doesn't matter about age or how no. long it's been you don't and, suddenly uh, make something this amateurish no and that is a thing it, it honestly like if if someone had submitted this to us as like a this is my college project check it out I'd be like mm. Mm, mate it's fairly amateurish like yeah. it's it's not even that level it's it's just really poor um, the um, so, so many things didn't make sense to me because obviously <laughs> we've got these three characters that we're talking about and we'll get mm. on to their nonsensical bit of it but at one point in the movie we just cut to a high school and there's these teenage girls talking. And I have no idea who any of them are, mm. like, and why they're important. And it's the weirdest scene I've ever seen in my life because they're just talking about this tattoo that this girl's got. And one of the girls has the craziest dubbed voice I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> yeah, I remember that, yeah. <laughs> Where I was just like, what is going on? Because <laughs> I'm almost sure, like, when it was filmed, only two of them had dialogue. And mm. then they decided to add the third one because her mouth doesn't even move. Let yeah, alone she's just like smiling, words. isn't she? She's just smiling. And then we're, and I was like, there's a third <laughs> voice. Who the fuck is talking right now? Mm. And I, I'm like, I think it's that girl. It's, it's, this movie's nuts, like, yeah. for these sorts of things. But the thing is, as well, we, I can't get away from because some of these things, you can, you can kind of, um laugh and enjoy it so for example and i and i could not find this online when i searched it but <laughs> i was watching house four as you guys will <laughs> all or you know know if you're fans of this podcast watching house four there's two people in the house in one in this scene 
two women and they're they're um it's the mother and daughter and they're having pizza together and the daughter leaves and the mum kind of gets freaked out and runs through the kitchen there is there is someone sat off shot that gets in shot when the when the actress runs through the kitchen and there's just this woman in the corner of the kitchen like holding a bit of paper looks like she's squatting having a shit and she's fully in frame for like two seconds and i was just watching it like jesus christ is that did i just and i had to like pause it rewind it i i I like paused it on the scene and then I googled it and I could not find any reference of it. I bet that's no one, one of those. I bet that's one of those new ones because of the release. Because obviously Holy. that was like with the Hellraiser two yeah. release where the aspect ratio changed. Yeah, and they cleaned up the footage so much that you can see when the monsters running down the corridor. You yeah, can you see can the guy see behind the it holding yeah. the trolley. Yeah, oh that bit. Yeah, <laughs> I mean because this one's clear as day though. Like yeah. where maybe they've just yeah maybe the aspect ratio has brought her into frame, but mm-hmm. it's fantastic. And all that did was made me laugh and <laughs> love la- the like magic of it. Yeah. This movie does not make me laugh at all. Like th- this movie just frustrates me. Like all of these scenes, I don't, you know, there's no charm anywhere. So when the shit happens, you don't find it funny. You're just like, oh, Jesus Christ. Do you know what mm. I mean? Like if you're watching something that's got a little spark to it, you then kind of have a chuckle at the mess of it all. Yeah, But definitely. this is just a mess. It's an unenjoyable mess. I found um, this so boring as well. One of the most boring it, dull films we've seen. It was like, the longest long short time. movie we've seen. Yeah. It, it, it really doesn't inspire anything like going to going on to the movie mm. and like, um, you know, uh, not, not that I really think we should care that much about spoilers, but I'm not really going to go into it that much. But the, um, you know, Peter's character is just so not exciting at all. The whole invisible brother Aaron thing. Mm is just such an uninteresting thing that isn't fleshed out and doesn't give any sort of satisfaction to it. The uncle thing was just creepy and unnecessary and just very generic for like a backstory thing. And just everything about this sucked. Like the neighbor, I have no idea what, who she is. Like she, she, she's the sister of his last victim or something. Mm. And like, what what is her ultimate goal for revenge? Like, does she is she trying to shame him or is she yeah, trying to? Because she is actually getting she, close to him and talking. Yeah, to him, like stupid. if she wants to just kill him, just fucking kill him. Like, give us a shorter movie. I think it was supposed to be like she needs confirmation that he's not being cured. I think that's yeah. that's kind of the thing they were going for. But yeah, it's really poorly portrayed. Yeah, and like we know and, he's obviously not going to be cured. Like it's so obvious from the get go. And like. Michael Madsen and the neighbor, what the hell is their relationship? Yeah. Like, it seems like they don't know each other at all. He randomly shows up at her house and he's just in the kitchen. Every time he's in the kitchen, he has a glass of whiskey in his hand, by the way. And I think that's just a genuine error that they didn't take it out of his hand when they started filming. I I shit you not, twice in the movie, he's got a glass of whiskey in his hand and it's not referenced. It's 11 o'clock in the morning in, in this scene and he's just got a glass of whiskey in his hand. And then at one point, he just walks in with a grocery bag and starts <laughs> unpacking groceries for her. I'm like, so I generally thought at that point, oh, are they like playing a trick on Peter? Are they like in cahoots? <laughs> they playing a trick on us, and they just haven't explained yeah. it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, they're actually like a couple, and he's being like, you know, they're literally good cop, cop, bad cop. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I was like, nope, 
that he just decided to buy groceries because you know he he drinks all and then he pulls a bottle of whiskey out of the grocery bag and I was like oh okay I think I think Michael just turned up to set with his groceries and was like we could work this in the scene guy and it's fine <laughs> yeah. like it really makes no sense to be honest um, he was the only thing that kept me going in this movie just like seeing him and it was so funny I, I didn't, line I delivery. didn't want to see him why is he yeah. my, my first note on this movie was Michael Madsen's mascara why is he wearing <laughs> such heavy <laughs> mascara these days? I, I don't understand <laughs> like it's so distracting it's it's mad and like but even with him like he gets called to a crime scene and i have no idea what what this crime scene is it's completely (laughs) out of context there's so much of this movie that's out of context Mm. um and the the peter is meant to be keeping in touch with the um yeah hospital and she's like, oh, because because this is set like now, isn't it? Like it's meant. I to think be, so. Yeah. Like pretty much, it doesn't ever say that explicitly, but she's like, oh, okay, are you all set up for the video chat? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, they're going to do your <laughs> Skype sessions. <laughs> yeah, I, then, I was like, this is this is so weird. And then he has like the oldest video camera that I've ever seen in my life, recording like these home diaries of his yeah, time. Yeah, that? How but is he? Then, how is she watching that? Yeah. How does she watch it? Because then they cut to her and she's on a laptop screen watching it. And I'm like, that's not how video chats work. (laughs) This camera does not work. I mean, I guess the the institution is next door. So he just brings Mm. tapes around like it is a two minute walk. (laughs) But I was just like this fucking movie. Um, so much of the early horror and this is just a generic pet peeve which like it's the last problem this movie has because there's so many but most of the early horror just comes from our main character hallucinating which is always frustrating to me mm-hmm. like it's so dumb where it's just he just opens a door and it's like ah there's a thing that jumps him and it's like oh it's just because he's crazy at this point and so yeah all that stuff's really cheap our lead the lead performance is super odd for, in this character in this uh film this yeah because he's well because he's supposed I, to be like he's had this like shock treatment yeah so he's acting really weird and and obviously because he's like got this like hallucinating um brother as well and they're obviously trying to do what to do with that it's like mm-hmm. it just comes across like a weird performance to me and i wasn't yeah he's sure got a, watching it. he's got a terrible task to actually make it work yeah but i do actually think it's just a not very good acting performance as well yeah. like there was nothing in his performance that made me think that he was you know doing well and he was just hindered with everything else i just thought the whole thing was a shit show including performances um you know it really does have no redeeming qualities the one thing that did make me chuckle in was that he so like it seems like a fair bit of time passes right like from when she moves in to like when we get to like the final act because they have like probably a few weeks backwards and forwards where he's like um She's like, oh, leave a broom in the fucking window or something yeah. if you want to talk. And then she's like, oh, it's been four days. You've done nothing. Mm. Um, so all of this happens. The first time they ever meet, he gives, she gives him a tray of cupcakes. Yeah. And then pr- approximately <laughs> three weeks later, he's stalking someone, sat in a car, still eating on the cupcakes. Yeah. I'm like, mate, these fucking things are going to be disgusting by now. Like, <laughs> can he proper digging into it like it's the best thing in the world? Yeah. That was my favorite part of the movie it's nice it was just one of those little writing things is it we're like oh this will be clever like she'll bring around the cupcakes and later on he'll be eating it you know when he's stalking yeah. someone and it's just like yeah. the actual continuity wise it doesn't make any sense that he would still have it at that point no especially um, when we had a splash come up saying years later no not quite but <laughs> yeah it's just yeah. i i don't have anything else to say about this movie it's recommendation wise i can't remotely recommend this um which is sad because there was a little bit of interest going in with like the you know yeah. the director and it was like oh okay this might be cool 
And it's just a giant waste of time. Yeah, really. It's th- not worth your time is, or your money. This is a massive one to avoid because Tom Holland directing a movie after 20 years mm. is something that, that will get people looking at it and people that maybe, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't, you know, pick up something like this straight away. And this honestly is one of the worst movies I've seen in a while. It, it it was just an absolute chore to get through. I had to keep giving myself little rewards to get through, <laughs> like, 20 minutes of it. I was like, look, I'll pour myself another whiskey every time I see Michael Manson drink a whiskey. Like, I I had to do some serious shit to get through this film. And it, it just wasn't – there was not one bit of it that was worth it. There's not any redeeming qualities to this film. It's, it is it's, – it's a shame because – We've been negative on films for a bit, like the last few films we've seen. But, you know, we've got to play them like we see them, unfortunately. Mm. And this movie was just terrible. Yeah, the last few weeks where I was like going into this, I was like, oh, okay, we've had a few misfires, but I mm. think this will be the one, you know, it'll be a fun little, like a, I was yeah. expecting like a Polaroid level, you know. I like honestly thought we were going to get it last week with feedback, you know. Yeah. That but could all have of easily... these, you know, Nightmare Cinema. Yeah, I there's a been a reason this to cover one, all three all of these. Of they could have been good. Yeah. All of them were movies that I genuinely wanted to see. It wasn't that we were just struggling, like we were struggling, but then yeah. these movies landed on our plate. And we was like, oh, we've actually got something interesting land mm. on our plate. And th- th- yeah, th- this one was the worst. It's awful. Yeah, sadly. But um, yeah, that was our discussion of Rock, Paper, Scissors. Uh, we'll take a short break and we'll be right back. Yeah, we do have an email this week. Uh, of course, you can always email us uh, at superhorrorbrospodcast at gmail.com. Uh, of course, you can always hit us up on Twitter as well if you like the shorter format. Uh, follow us at shbpod. Um, this week, we have one from Sean. Um, he says, uh, he was first of all, he's talking about scary stories to tell in the dark, um, which I won't go into because it was a little bit spoilery, but um, he wasn't a fan, which was surprising. Um, mm. So it'd be interesting it's to see, obviously. good when... reviews, hasn't it? Yeah, it, I think this is a really interesting one because I don't think it's catered to our audience. Um, no, it's I... one that we've discussed uh, for a while where it is like a you know, much more child-friendly movie. Um, so it'd be interesting to see what our take on it is because I think we are more sort of open to that. Um, we don't we don't need everything to be like a Rob Zombie movie, but it's also like, it'll just be whether or not it lands with us, I guess, but we shall see. Mm. Um, but he says, uh, talking about obviously the Little Monsters trailer last week, he says Little Monsters looks interesting um, and we can't get enough of the zomba, zombie comedies. The real question is, can it hang with one cut of the dead? Oof, that's going to be very difficult to do. Mate, um, that is... That is tough. That is a tough audience. <laughs> yeah. He says, uh, there's no current Blu-ray for North America for this movie. Oh. Um, but when he was in Japan recently, he purchased this specifically because of our review of the film. Nice. Um, he found it in Tokyo in a large electronic store and got a really good price for it. Um, all Japanese Blu-rays are the same region as US, which is very surprising to me. Um, and he says, yeah. so he said it plays fine. And what a movie. Guys, I love this movie. Thank you for recommending it. Um, well, no problem. Like, we yeah, absolutely adore this movie. He's still one of our favorites of the year. Um Oh, it's, it's fantastic it's crazy that yeah there isn't a proper release but yeah he, he included photos of it and it's lovely to see like that's such a cool thing to have like an actual copy of that movie from japan mm. um so yeah very nice pickup there and yeah you've kind of gone to my dream location there sean because like out of all the places in the world tokyo would be hands down number one so thanks for making me feel jealous about that one <laughs> um but yeah oh, what a movie that is though like yeah. i remember when we put that on like <laughs> we we honestly thought like what the hell is this and mm. you kind of think like 
This is this could be one of the like honestly when it first started I was like this is gonna be a long watch I can't yeah. believe that I've spent so much money on this Blu-ray <laughs> and then like it just escalates and escalates and it gets so good it's fantastic yeah it's a like, special it, movie it really wins you over and the fact yeah, that it's it, one of a kind it already starts off so well because it has such a crazy gimmick but then they add so much more on top of that that they just didn't need to to what makes it an amazing film not just an amazing gimmick so yeah it's wonderful um he says uh, feedback isn't a film high on my list i'm not a huge fan of the home invasion subgenre. um i do appreciate your detailed review of the film i watched the trailer and it doesn't look that compelling to me um i'm much more interested in your review of rock paper scissors next episode looking forward to that Ooh. um yeah he's already picked up the blu-ray hasn't he yeah let's know what you thought of it sean I'd, I'd be curious to know if you liked it or not um i'm assuming you're a big tom holland fan as well because that's probably why you picked it up as as are we um and uh yeah he goes on to say um talking about i, I was or a michael about... madsen completionist and whew, good luck yeah, there pal, well, yeah. <laughs> even i can't die on that hill anymore um <laughs> i remember when you tried <laughs> oh yeah like cause, like i didn't even mention it but yeah i am a huge fan of his like i think he's like he used to be brilliant um like a lot of people unfortunately um but yeah he uh talking uh piggybacking off when i was talking about the unbreakable trilogy last week he says i love m night i uh, have his first four movies and his last three and skip the four in the middle <laughs> um that's a very yeah, wise sounds. choice um yeah. it's one that i've only seen i think after earth out of those four middle films um i've never actually even bothered to see the other three and i definitely should because like i'm a huge fan of his but yeah they have such an overwhelmingly negative response yeah i think i've i think i've literally done what sean did i think i've i think i skipped all of them yeah well i mean i've seen after earth and it is absolutely horrific um but yeah like it, it's easy to forget that when he released a visit like my god what a big return to form that was yeah. um, and obviously now he's followed that up with two amazing movies after that um but yeah he says uh i enjoyed it very much as a trilogy um i also enjoyed orange is the new black uh, but it's hard to say why i agree with you it's one of those weird ones like i i still liked it but i didn't need to watch it um that's what happened with me that's why i stopped because i yeah. was just watching it and i was like I don't hate this, but, mm. but what am I doing? And I just kind of took a step back and I looked at myself and I was like, what are you doing? It was kind of what you did with The Walking Dead. I did with Orange is the New Black. And I was just like, I'm going to walk away. There's no zombies. I can walk away. It's fine. It's handy being on Netflix because if you've literally got nothing better to do, I think it's like a good way to kill time. Um, yeah. But there's obviously plenty of shows that can also do that. Um, he says, I usually wait on the HBO content to see if a show has traction before I jump in. Westworld was the last one I checked out. Yeah, I forgot about that one. Like, that was such a shame. Like, I honestly don't even know if I'm going to watch season three of Westworld. Um, I'm not. That that goddamn thing dropped off a cliff. Yeah, I've watched the previews for season three as well. And, like, they've gone in such a different direction. And they're making Aaron Paul, like, one of the main characters. And I'm not the biggest fan of him as an actor. And No, I don't like him that much. It's just like, I don't know. I, I really am going to struggle. It'd be one of those things where I'll wait and see when it comes out. Um, but, uh, yeah, he says, with Netflix, you know which the shows are great, but they have to keep trying to compete against HBO. Um, Netflix have just uh, signed David Benioff and Dan Weiss for $200 million, So they are serious about it. I actually can't wait to see what they come up with. Um, that's such an interesting deal because obviously they were like such hot shit like a couple of years ago um with obviously game of thrones and they're making like a star wars movie as well and then obviously with the last season fairly negative reaction i would say online in particular um mm. but it was mostly directed at those two and i think rather unfairly but they were the two that seemed to have got the brunt of the the negativity so i think it's gonna be a hard sell for netflix to be like this is the reason why you should watch this show is, is these two guys that got a really negative reception for game of thrones um and, and also when the, the hell box. are they gonna fit stuff in because yeah. they're, they're all linked to the um game of thrones spin-offs as well aren't they 
Are they? Well, I didn't know. Yeah, I thought they were. I might be wrong, but I thought they were linked to that. And so, I don't know. It just seems odd. Yeah, exactly. It's like a little, you know, Star Wars is not going to be easy to make either. So, yeah, we shall see. Um, yeah. He says, uh, and finally, he says uh, his, uh, his local art house, an independent film, he's going to see Jennifer Kent's The Nightingale as it just become available this weekend. Um, very excited for this one. I'm sure it will redeem my experience with scary stories today. Um, <laughs> Especially yeah. if you've just watched Rock, Paper, Scissors. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I was curious if you did that as a double header and uh, <laughs> what you would have thought. Um but yeah, that's a, a one that we would love to see right now. But there is literally zero word on a UK release for this one. Um, the fact that it's now getting a small independent release now with Fright Fest just around the corner. Hello, why is it not a Fright Fest? Um, mm. Just another one that they could have got. But yeah, we can't complain because there's plenty of stuff we are looking forward to. Um, but yeah, thanks for that email, Sean, of course. Um, but yeah, should we, should we talk about something that we've been teasing for a while? Yes, I've watched more Puppet Master movies. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> I will, I will mute your mic. I cannot let you talk about Puppet Master right now. <laughs> because we need to talk about Nosferatu. It has been killing me. I've watched it so long ago when it first dropped. Um, and yeah, for people that don't know, obviously, just a brief background. Obviously, it's Joe Hill book, uh, a massive novel of his, um, of course, being the son of Stephen King. Um, and yeah, the, the title is a weird one. It's spelt like a license plate for people that don't know. Um, and it is kind of the on the car of the antagonist of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I, I read the book and absolutely adored it. It's one of my all time favorites. You recently listened to the audiobook. Was it last yeah. year or was it a bit? Uh, uh, maybe two years ago. A couple of years ago. Um, yeah, yeah it, it's fantastic. It is one of my favorite horror stories yeah you both know, of us absolutely adore good. this and we yeah. were so excited for an adaptation where it was like oh i can't wait to see how they adapt this <clears> um <throat> so yeah do you, you want to give like a brief synopsis about what this is about like it's very difficult obviously without giving away like because there's a lot going on here guys if you don't know anything yeah. about it it's a very high concept like stephen king level story there's a lot going on yeah definitely i mean basically our um this movie, the, the 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 whole kind of premise of Nosferatu centers around mm. the this car with the number plate NOS four I A two, with basically um, a child kind of capturer called Charlie Manx, yeah, um, who yeah is basically he's going around and kidnapping children and uh, t- promising these children that he's going to take them to Christmas land and kind of you know, straight away alarm bells start ringing and you're like, what the hell is this Christmas land? And, you know, he he is, um, you know, the, very early on with the book and, and definitely with the TV show, you can't, you get him, you know, you realise that he is more mythical. I mean, actually in the poster for Nosferatu, it does say a different kind of vampire story. Right, yeah. Um, and so he kind of ticks a lot of vampire boxes Hmm. you know he he i wouldn't i wouldn't have described him as a vampire as such obviously the show is called nosferatu as well yeah Um, but you know he is kind of uh, you know living off these children in some capacity and kind of we then very early on um get introduced to our kind of lead character vic mcqueen Hmm. who um has kind of got a troubled background and discovers that she has this um she's got like a really active imagination and she's an artist and she realizes that she can kind of um will into existence a bridge that will basically take her into any location that she wants to do and it's kind of like her own way of escaping yeah um and kind of when you first get introduced to this skill you you kind of think that it's actually just 
her way of escaping and she's not actually traveling to these places. Yeah. Um, but then kind of very early on, you realize, oh, no, this is very supernatural. And she is actively um, traveling to these places and kind of her and Charlie Manx get intertwined and their worlds collide. I think mm. kind of they they collide very differently to the TV show than they do yeah. in the, in, in, to the book. Um, and yeah, I, I guess that's as far as we can really go yeah. without getting too spoilery. Um, yeah, just to help people if they literally had no idea what it was, because obviously, yeah. especially for UK based people, like there isn't any way to watch this right now, which is the worst thing about it. Oh, I know. Um, they've really let this show down, I think, where hopefully, fingers crossed, they're going to do it right and it'll pick up someone at least at some point in 2019. Um, I honestly I, just don't know if they can now. Like, who yeah. can pick it up? Because, like, the fact that it's now gone AMC and now Shudder US only yeah like are a netflix gonna pick up something that's on streaming platforms overseas and pick it up just for uk i definitely don't think it'll be on like a now tv or sky original something like that yeah it doesn't seem like they're sort of joint um what's the walking dead on in the uk um fox okay right yeah um so yeah something like that yeah, I mean, it has. To, it's going to have to be one of these Sky channels that picks it up. If anything, I can see like you know one of these, you know, like a living or something. They sometimes pick up these weird horror-y things. Mm. Um, I mean, something like Amazon Prime would be great. Obviously, with they they did the purge, yeah, didn't they? yeah, Prime's one that might. Um, but it's something that's like very UK centric, I think, at this mm. point, because um, the whole Shudder thing really throws a sparrow in the works because they're not going to get global distribution rights. Mm. Whoever picks it up, yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, and. and I don't really think my synopsis does this um, story justice because it yeah, is such hard. a unique high level concept that it's something that you have to, you know, I would basically say to you, you know, we'll, we'll get into our review of it, but, but TV show or book, you just got to jump into it and give yeah. it a chance. 100 percent. it's one where you just gotta go like trust us (laughs) yeah like because yeah Yeah. i don't even know why it was one that caught my eye initially because when you first Mm. hear it there's a lot going on it sounds really weird i think for me like i'm not a huge fan of vampires so that that kind of link was not something that drew me in and Mm -hmm. and it's not something like like what you said it it, um yeah like i I agree with you it's not a big part of it is it no and her supernatural thing on paper as i was describing it i'm like oh that doesn't sound that great like because it, it on paper it, it you know it's just the premise it doesn't yeah. um but you know that it really is worth you know diving in either way to this um i guess kind of like go into kind of the the show itself yeah um like when when this show first started um i really liked the casting and we'll get into the casting throughout the, the season. But I was definitely on board with that. I was thrown a hell of a lot by the the, the, the initial changes. Yeah. So kind of um, they make a lot of changes. And earlier in this episode, we talk about how changes can be good. And mm-hmm. like for someone, I feel like Stephen King talking about Kubrick's Shining now almost because I'm <laughs> like, as as we first got into these couple of episodes, I found it very difficult to get my head around this Nosferatu as opposed to the Nosferatu I fell in love with. Mm. And I do feel like these are two very different things. Um, they they go in a lot of different directions. I love the book more because of you know that that story it gave me. I think this show is it it, it then the show won me over. Like yeah. the more episodes we got into it and I realized that it was building its own story 
and kind of as secondary characters like Bing comes into it, which, um, you know, he is portrayed so differently in the show and mm-hmm. I loved it. Um, and kind of more and more like that. And obviously more secondary characters, Maggie in, in the TV show kind of, um, is a character that in the book Vic comes across and then is you know early on and then we don't see her for the longest time um but in the show she's prevalent throughout and it and it makes sense because all of these casting is great the actors are great and they they blend together a new experience that's kind of yeah very different but I still enjoyed it quite a bit yeah um i absolutely love this adaptation so much it was one that i was really really excited for and, and as i've said before i think it's a real shame that it hasn't been given its real moment to shine mm. in the uk um oh it's a travesty but uh it, it was one that i just couldn't stop watching i think i watched it in like two sit-ins like six episodes and then like four episodes cause it, and i think that is the way to watch the show um i think one of the main yeah. criticisms people are going to have is how slow it is because it's a very slow burn um but i'm okay with that as someone who could watch the whole season in, in the way i did um in that you know netflix binge style uh i think that massively benefits the show because then you get really involved in the characters which that that is what the show is um similar to like a stranger things and it's the reason why we both fell in love with the book is that he has created uh joe hill the author some amazing characters and i think i i love them so much in the book i loved vic mcqueen um and her journey and and the back and forth with manx who is this such an intricate villain we can't even get into it but he's so well-rounded he has so many different layers um you know, he isn't just this on the basis, this guy who's doing this horrible thing. Like there is so much going on there. Um, and I think it's they one do of those a great things job when you, when show. you talk about him being like a child kidnapper and yeah. that, you automatically put him in a box and he's really, he, he really goes past that. You know, when you, when you strip back and realize what Freddy Krueger is, you're like, mm-hmm. wow, really? Yeah. That's what he is. Because actually, you know, his character kind of transcends that so much more and Manx is like that. And obviously having Zachary Quinto do it, like that was the thing that drew me to this when when it got yeah. announced and i was like shit it's got this weird release and we don't even know when it's coming out over here i thought to myself alarm bells mm. and then i saw zachary quinto and i was like jesus christ they've got a name <laughs> like this guy can not only is he a name but he can smash it in this sort of thing like we've we've obviously seen him in american horror story and kind of you know doing amazing stuff so yeah i was i was buzzing when when he got announced and he did he definitely lived up to expectations Oh yeah, I couldn't imagine anyone else in that role now. Like no. he was born to play that role, and I think it's a a really interesting one. Again, we're not going to get into it, but there's so many different types of this character that he has to play. That like, there are so many different moods and different. Like he's pretty yeah. much playing more than one character, shall we say? And it, he does the, all the roles perfectly. I thought <clears> he was brilliant, and I really think Ashley Cummins as Vic really carried the show, um, mm. and was so good. She she was the Vic that I remember from the book almost immediately within episode one. I was like, oh, yeah. there's the Vic that I remember. Um, and I just loved it. I think that you talk about the changes. That is a really, we're not going to go into it massively because it will definitely get spoilery as well. But as two people have obviously read the book, um, they change a lot. They, they change a huge amount. And I think that um, as someone who read the book a while ago, not very recently, I remember like the overall story of Nosferatu, but I don't remember like every exact beat. So going into the TV show, it was it was easier for me because it wasn't like, a, oh, you know, this is mm-hmm. slightly different. It was only the major changes. And I think it wasn't until the finale when and now setting up what is going to be season two, which which thankfully we will get, um, they change a lot in the finale going forward. Yeah, so that was yeah. the only time where I was like, huh, like you really are making your own story now to the point where 
almost like what Bates Motel did, you know, where it like started off as a prequel to Psycho and it ended up being pretty much a completely different thing, you know, because it completely retells that story. Like it's not obviously yeah. set in the same universe as Psycho or anything like that. And so I think that's kind of what we got here where, you know, I have no idea where they're going to go. And I think it I it, think... it makes it more exciting as a fan because I'm like, oh, I want to see what they do with this yeah. Charlie. And this... I, I do disagree to, to a point there that... um that I think they do actually do that hard switch earlier on in the season, not just yeah. the finale. I think, I think they throw like a lot of stuff in I the finale. I couldn't remember those as well. Um, but obviously, um, you spoke about that um, Joe Hill released some comics that kind of like yeah. told more of a Manx backstory. We get that in this TV show earlier mm. on. We get introduced to kind of like a, a past kind of acquaintance of his early on, shall we say, and yeah. her character throws a lot of different elements into it which were not in the book at all and mm. so um and even to the point that we very early on in this season get confrontations direct confrontations between vic and manx yeah and that's um something that didn't happen in the book and i think like it, it changed a lot but i understand that because they had two choices really do they do they turn this into a 10 episode standalone thing that tells the entire story of nosferatu that would be really difficult to tell because this mm. this probably tells about a third of the book in this yeah season. that was the aim but yeah obviously um, they changed a lot as well so it's kind of difficult yeah, to gauge that now you know so they probably got to about a third of the way into the book maybe a quarter mm. and, and that's it and and you know that's the decision they took and so then they've elongated it and changed a lot and yeah i just don't think at this point you can get to where the book finale got to it will be very different mm. but i still think yeah it's super interesting and i'm i'm uh i'm definitely down for it like i say it's <clears throat> it's it is different and the the book still holds, you know, a lot for me. And I, I definitely think if, especially people in the UK that are struggling to get hold of this show, the, the book is so worth it anyway. Um, mm. But definitely this TV show is great. It's one of the best, you know, bits of telly we've seen this year. For sure. I think my biggest takeaway is that I'm surprised how much I loved it because of the fact that we love the book so much. And mm. I think that is a very difficult spot to be in. Like, I'm happy to watch these Stephen King adaptations and know that I haven't, like, I've read it. And that's pretty much the only major one out of these recent ones. Like, I hadn't read Gerald's Game. Um, I've been on the fence about whether or not to read Doctor Sleep because I wondered if it would change my opinion on the movie. And so I'm kind of like, I'm fine with that. Whereas with Nosferatu, this was one that I loved, discovered and, and, and read and loved long before i ever knew there was going to be an adaptation and so now it's here and the fact that it's a completely different thing they changed a lot which would normally piss off purists but i would consider us purists and we still really enjoyed it um and so i think that the decisions they made were the correct ones even though they're not all the exact things that i would want um and just another just to bring it back to i think the main thing is the cast is um phenomenal like they yeah. they completely knock it out of the park our main three leads because i definitely want to throw in being there as well yeah um they're amazing i absolutely love them they're three of my all like favorite performances of this year by far and i agree with you like this this and stranger things is the best tv i've seen this year um which is very high praise because stranger things is incredible um, i i couldn't get over being for me how how fantastic he was yeah. because obviously what a, ca and, what a and hard character to portray yeah because it's not even to like play down the other two but mm. like um they smashed those so early and you kind of like you know not playing down quinto's performance but like i i expected him to be great as soon as he was cast because i know he's great do you know what i mean and like he was great better than i thought he'd be mm. but with with something like bing on paper i was just like this guy in the book it's 
you know, you know he's a horrible guy, but he has this kind of childlike kind of i don't know innocence not, to him, like. yeah innocence to him that, that you find kind of you know sympathy for him mm. um you know not a strong sympathy but and, and that's exactly what they do in this tv show where you you have this sympathy for him but he is still a horrible character and he plays that childlike character so well because it can be done terribly mm. and it can be done like just it seems like an adult acting like a baby mm. and he really does play his evil side with an innocence that works um and yeah i i thought it was played that he they towed the line to perfection yeah for sure so yeah i, I highly recommend people check this out obviously mm-hmm. it's obviously if you're outside of the uk you already can um i think it's on shudder now or has started to go on to shudder um and is obviously on amc as well um and yeah we'll obviously keep you updated for uk release because i i really think like as i keep saying that they're, they're doing this such an injustice because we've discussed a lot of shows that are kind of like they've been very difficult to get hold of like the castle rocks and a few others um like the critters show and stuff and ash it's like versus none of evil dead yeah well ash versus evil dead yeah i was gonna say because that was worth it um but w- my point was is that all these other shows weren't worth finding out <laughs> True. um whereas this is one that is like no 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 this deserves to be on on the wide stage with a big audience because it's fantastic and this is such yeah, a good book I as don't... well I don't understand as well because the quality, because that's something else that just like the all round quality, like we've just been talking about a film that mm. I honestly would have thought was made by amateurs. And yeah. this TV show, for something that seems like it's going so far under the radar, yeah. you've got these exceptional acting performances, but the actual quality of the show all round, it it really is top level. Mm. It's, it's, I think it shows you that not many people are aware of Joe Hill and it's like mm. they're sleeping on this guy who's amazing because obviously I don't think this would happen with a Stephen King adaptation. No, not you just be like, oh, the UK, they just can't get it. Sorry. Like, I just, mm. yeah, it's crazy. And AMC are usually good with this sort of thing. I was looking at their other stuff, you know, their other TV shows, obviously The Walking Dead being the big one, and mm. they're pretty much all available worldwide. And I was just looking at, like, if you guys just forgot to get, like, UK distributors. Um, so, yeah, it's, re- it's really I'm hoping that, like, when In the Tall Grass comes comes out that mm-hmm. like people will realize that joe hill's more of a big deal yeah. and you know maybe something like a netflix will be like oh, okay well maybe we'll just take a uk gamble on this you never yeah. know it would be nice especially um, maybe on the back of season two like maybe season one will drop and then season two will come very quickly and it'll be around about that time i think we have kind of missed the boat of season one but maybe they get one and two as a deal or something that's a really good point like that would be the way to do it i think now mm-hmm. where it's, it's fantastic news it's incredible news that it got renewed because i was incredibly worried with the amount yeah. of horror shows in particular that have been cancelled in the last few years yeah. after only one or two seasons like they have committed to it amc have already greenlit a season two so yeah i hope that yeah like you say what some sort of distributor can be like watch all of season one now while season two premieres that would be the, that would be the dream um but yeah we'll definitely keep you updated um but yeah is there, is there anything else this week you want to talk about i mean i did genuinely watch some puppet master movies (laughs) anything to say on them yeah they're fun man (laughs) yeah like (laughs) especially after watching like rock paper scissors i was just like do you know what it's time Mm. i'm gonna revisit me some fright fest from last year yeah and um littlest rights is fantastic man like it's is it proper had a smile on my face like it's some of the craziest um gore and violence that you'll ever see in a movie Mm. and it's so over the top and um you know not not shy to just do some crazy shit like each death almost gets like crazier than the next um and i really i really do love it like it, it it's a movie that has like 
some ac- like the actual story i really give zero shits about the characters <laughs> i don't think it's very well acted and then you just get into this crazy but but there's like this there is this charm to it because even that because like we said when we watched this movie like oh it'd be difficult to watch the first half an hour again and don't mm-hmm. get me wrong i wasn't having a great time but fucking hell the first half an hour of puppet master or the first half an hour of rock paper scissors do you know what i mean like <laughs> it has some charm to it it does make me chuckle yeah. i honestly feel i love like that that's actor. what the film you're comparing it to now. <laughs> you're like it's not as like, bad as this really bad film <laughs> it's not as bad as rock paper scissors guys <laughs> and like put it on it, the yeah it, it did you know it it was it was really enjoyable and i also watched puppet master 2 because i just decided i'm gonna watch all the puppet master movies oh god like that's just a thing that yeah. i feel like i should do like you know like some people go on like a spiritual adventure somewhere to like find themselves mm. you know go visit whatever i'm i'm just gonna watch all the puppet master movies i feel like that will be a similar sort of journey right yeah you're gonna be a different person at the end of it for sure yeah so yeah i watched puppet master 2 <laughs> and uh i've got the puppet master 3 blu-ray sat there ready to go oh dear well, at what so, yeah. point is it? Does it get really difficult to get these movies? Uh, beyond five, <laughs> five. Oh my god! <laughs> so at that point, I have to stop paying a lot of money for the Blu-rays, which I, I kind of am quite glad to do. Yeah. And then I then I have to just find them some other way. <laughs> we'll look forward because, to that. Yeah, because these Blu-rays aren't cheap. They're not as cheap as they should be. <laughs> no, for sure. Yeah, if they're more than fifty pence, then they're definitely overpriced. Um. I've watched a movie in the last week, which was uh, a very awesome one, but we're going a bit long, so I'll tease that for next week. Um, does it involve killer I'm, puppets? It does not, no. Mm. Um, but it is a, a classic movie that I've never seen before, and my God, what a time that was. Um, but uh, yeah, to kind of preview the next few weeks, um, and remember, the schedule will always change. It hasn't when, <laughs> as it has proven in the past. Subject to change um, with no noise. Yeah, so unless, unless something comes up, which th- there is a very chance that there could be, if something like Nightingale just suddenly drops on demand or something else, then we will change the schedule. But for now, because we're desperate and we're like, we need something to have we a need bit a of treat. enthusiasm. We, yeah, need, we, need a, we need a treat. We need a palate cleanser. We're one yeah. week away from Fright Fest and we're in a little bit of a slump. I'm yeah. watching Puppet Master movie <laughs> to, to make my life better right now. Oh, that is a dark place. So yeah, we're going to reward <laughs> ourselves with a little bit of Tarantino action next week. Um, Hell, stepping yes. out of horror. And we're yeah, finally going to be talking about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which we finally get after a very long yeah, time. Yeah, I was say, if you guys are wondering like, oh, well, why the hell are you watching it now? Mm. Why didn't you watch it three weeks ago? We're only getting it this weekend. Yeah, I would have loved to. Um, so yeah, <laughs> we'll be talking about that as a little step away from the genre. And then, yeah, that will be, and we'll also be previewing Fright Fest because at that point we will know exactly what we'll see. And so we'll give you guys a little heads up um, and, just get hyped for the festival really because that'll be our last regular show before we're seeing about 10 movies at fright fest so definitely and if any of you guys are coming to fright fest let us know what you're going to be seeing as well and we can have a full deep dive into some fright fest goodness next week i can't wait i can't wait but yeah that was episode 155 where we talked about rock paper scissors uh thanks for listening as always and we'll see you again very soon see you later everyone Shut up, I can't Mainly because I never could How could I start now?